0: Welcome to Hope Talks, Stories of Transformation. Hope Talks is a project of David's United Church of Christ in Canal, Winchester, Ohio, and dedicated to providing stories with different perspectives of hope. Hi,
1: everybody. It's Patty Houston, home again. My guest today is Janet Perini. The topic is grief. Janet is an advanced grief recovery method specialist. She's coming to us from Columbus, Ohio. Welcome, Janet.
0: Patty, thank you, and I'm delighted to be able to be here and share with you.
1: So, Janet, most listeners have grieved about something, but I'd like to get your definition of grief.
0: Well, first of all, Patty, I'm guessing some people may be saying, why talk about grief? I didn't have someone die, so I'm not grieving. And... I really think everyone is a griever. We'll talk more about that. But two of the definitions we use are, grief is the normal and natural reaction to change or loss of any kind. And we also say grief is the conflicting feelings caused by the end of or change in a familiar pattern of behavior. So I really think everyone's a griever because we've all lost someone or something. And when we talk about being a griever, I think our grief begins in childhood, maybe from the moment of birth, when we leave that safe, warm place and we enter the bright lights of the cold world and they smack our bottoms and we cry. Even as children, pets die. We move from one home to another. Siblings are born or move away. Parents may divorce or just not be a part of our lives. First loves go sour. We lose an important ball game, and it goes on and on. And then, as adults, more losses pile up, and we grieve. A description I like is if we imagine that when we're born, we're each given an empty backpack. As losses occur, and maybe the very first one, when we lose our binky, no one teaches us how to deal with these losses, so we simply put them in our backpacks, like pebbles at first or rocks, eventually maybe bigger rocks, maybe even a boulder. And the backpack gets heavy and heavier. And those griefs pile up until our hearts are so heavily weighed down that when one more loss occurs, a major one, perhaps like the death of a loved one, or the end of an important relationship, or a health, a job, or financial loss, it just can throw us for a loop. Even dealing with COVID can cause us to grieve because it causes a change in a familiar pattern of behavior. There are actually over 40 kinds of losses that cause grief.
1: 40 kinds of losses. I hadn't thought of it that way. That's pretty fascinating. So this is something I'm guessing that you learned as a grief specialist or a grief coach, what does a grief coach do?
0: And first of all, I'm glad you didn't say I'm a counselor or a therapist because I'm not. What I do is educate grievers on tools they've been taught that don't work for dealing with grief and then teach them new tools and guide them through the action steps of a structured program that has been evidence-based to work. For instance, talking about tools that don't work, most of what we learn about dealing with grief is not really helpful. Because we live in a society that is largely intellectualized and then doesn't embrace a grieving process, many times we don't even realize that we're grieving. Some signs of grief include depression, lack of energy, low-grade anger, isolation, And sometimes repeated behaviors, those things that we don't want to do, but we keep on doing, like overeating or oversleeping or drugs or alcohol. These can all be signs of grief. One of the major myths or incorrect tools that we learn about how to deal with grief is the myth that time heals or it just takes time. know, the truth, Patty, is if I had a gash on my arm and blood was pouring out of my body, would I just wait for the bleeding to stop or would I get help? Or if I was driving a car and my tire went flat, would I stop and pull out a chair, sit down and wait for air to get in the tire? (laughs) No, I don't think we would. Grief is similar. It's the action that we take within time that heals. And we need to find the right tools to take those actions. For instance, if you were going to paint a room and I gave you a hammer, a saw, and a screwdriver, you'd quickly find it doesn't work and you need new tools. So we help grievers find and use new tools that do work to relieve the pain, depression, restlessness, isolation, anger, or anxiety that's due to grief.
1: Well, this information you shared, Janet, is, um, you know, new to me and um, I'm sure to a lot of people. Uh, First of all, I've known you as your amazing career in music. So I'm just wondering, um, how did you transition to being a grief specialist?
0: Well, yes, music was and still is a large part of my life. I started piano lessons when I was in the first grade, and I started, well, I took organ, pipe organ lessons when I was 15, played my first wedding when I was 16. Through the years, I've lived in many places and almost always have been involved in church music through playing the organ and piano, and also directing and participating in choirs, both vocal and handbell, and with adults and with children. I also taught music in public schools for a while until my family came along. And for a while I was a supervisor that covered 10 elementary buildings, helping the teachers t- know how to teach music better to the children in their classroom. I also gave private piano lessons a couple of different times in my life. I guess some of my most memorable experiences throughout my 80 years have come through music And music is also what connected me to my late husband, Nick. I would love to tell you one of my most memorable musical experiences was actually singing with my college choir behind the Berlin Wall one year after it went up. Tensions were still very high at that point and it was a bit nerve wracking even just traveling there. We performed an unscheduled concert in East Berlin at one of the largest churches there the Marienkirche entering the blockaded part of the city was quite a procedure too as all personal belongings and choir equipment was left behind so we could cross the border no robes no risers not even a sheet of music and crossing the border between east and west was eye opening too in east berlin the streets were dark and practically practically deserted there were a few people out, but never saw anyone alone. They were always traveling in groups. The church itself is a large one, and it was packed with people. Every seat and people standing all around the sides. But as we sang, we felt no language barrier. We felt like every song had a message for them. I very much remember people reaching out to touch us as we moved up and down the aisle, saying, Danka, Danka. And then a large number of people congregated outside in the courtyard after the concert for even more music. The German pastor of the church finally told us to stop singing so the people could go home so the VOPO or police wouldn't get them. And then he expressed his things by quoting from the Bible. He said, we are in prison and you have visited us. Actually stepping down, you ask how I happened to transition to grief. Uh, being a grief specialist, stepping down from my last music position was part of my reason for transitioning. It affected me as much, maybe even more, than losing my husband. I had lost my husband just a few months after I did step down, and in searching for ways to deal with both losses, I became acquainted with the Grief Recovery Institute. The Institute has been around for close to 40 years, and it was started by a man, John James. He was married, had a wife and a young daughter, and they were expecting another child. When his son was born and died after only three days, John was absolutely devastated. He sought help for his grief from medical professionals, religious leaders, many books, everyone that he could think of, but found nothing that helped. He eventually began trying to figure out what he wished had been there for him and his family and what he wished people had said or not said and what they might have suggested to help him and his family recover from this devastating loss. So this program actually came from the heart of a grieving dad. And soon he had, Many other grievers asked him for his help and it became his life work. The Institute now has programs on six of seven continents and his book has been published in about 20 other languages. When I went through the program, I found it made so much sense and it was so helpful that I took the training needed to be able to share it with others.
1: Well, Janet, I did not know all of that. You know, I'm thinking about uh, the grieving. Can grieving be a losing a part of yourself, uh, having to give up sort of music? Can that be part of grieving?
0: Oh, yes. Job changes, job loss, that causes grief. Um, financial problems cause grief. Medical problems can cause grief. There, as we, I said earlier, there are over 40 different sources of grief. So, yeah, job definitely is one.
1: So is there um, I realize that, you know, what you coach is a lot longer than this interview, but are there specific steps to grieving or is it different for everybody?
0: No, the steps that we teach, Patty, can be used by anyone for any loss. I've used the steps for several people that were part of my life and most recently, we were just talking about my music career, I actually did the steps uh, for the loss of my music career. And I have to say each time I follow the steps, I feel a little lighter and just full of more and more joy. In fact, lately, I almost want to walk around the house singing, you know, that old Sunday school song, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. That's just how I feel as I work with it more and more. So we help people see the steps that they may have learned from those around them and then replace those incorrect steps with ones that work and help them release the pain their losses have brought them. And I I don't know, talk about anything positive from grief. There's a lot of suffering that comes along with grief, but there's also a beauty. I found a quote about a Buddhist monk Thich Nhat Hanh, I'm not sure if I pronounce that right. But anyway, he said he would never want his children to live in a world without suffering. Without suffering, he said, there is no growth. There is no way to recognize how special and precious the good times are. Without the mud, there could be no lotus flower. I thought that was an interesting quote.
1: Yeah, that's a beautiful quote. So I know a lot of what you do is confidential, but can you possibly share a story of someone you've coached and and how this person found hope through the grieving process? Yes, one of
0: our key commitments each session that we hold, Patty, is total confidentiality in everything we hear. And honestly, I don't even hear the stories of most of the people I work with unless I happen to be working with them one-on-one instead of a group. Their stories are told in small groups and they're not shared with anyone except by the person whose story it is. I did see a story posted, however, by someone who went through our program. And since she posted it, I feel I can share it. She said she was grieving her sister. She'd helped her sister through a long, terrible illness and she was with her sister for many weeks and months before her sister finally died. She went through our grief recovery process and she said she felt like she had finally gotten her sister back. She could remember the good times they had shared and not all the pain that the, the end of life had caused for the two of them.
1: So. So grieving, um, you know, is it ever over? How do you know when you're, you're done and can you find hope uh, through grieving? Well,
0: I don't know if we're ever totally done grieving, but we can learn how to handle it so it's not painful anymore. After going through our recovery process, the relief from the pain of grief is different for many people because we're all unique. At the completion of our sessions, some say they feel a sudden relief, like a weight has been lifted, or the sun has come out, or their eyes have been opened again. Others feel a more gradual relief, but I think all notice a big difference. And that doesn't mean they'll never feel a bit of grief again, but we teach them how to deal with any future pain. So it's very minimal. And, you know, if someone is suffering from tremendous loss, it's really never too soon to deal with that grief. And I recommend they reach out for help, whether it's from me or someone else. And I would say the Grief Recovery Institute of Bend, Oregon is a great place to start. All of their specialists can work with people in person, in groups or one-on-one. And some of the specialists have also received additional training so that they can work with people online. And I happen to be one of those can work all online also. So.
1: so Janet, I know you're a Christian as I am. Um, is it different to do what you do as a Christian? Are you able to find uh, God's purpose for you in all this that you're doing?
0: Well, I very much think God is love and we're all here to care for others and share the love of God with all those around us, no matter how old we are or the stage of life we're in. I don't think God intends for us to suffer continually. So I think helping others to release the pain and anger they feel and have more joy in their lives through recovering from grief is one way I can help make this a better world. I think it's in helping others that we can share God's love. I will mention that in our grief recovery sessions, Patty, we don't quote scripture or talk about God, although it's quite okay for the people taking the course to do so. Going through the program can be a very deeply spiritual experience for some, but the program itself is not a religious or faith-based program, and the reason is that everyone is a griever, regardless of their faith experiences, and... Everyone has had their own unique and individual faith experiences. What works for some won't work for all and what comforts some won't work for all. So rather than trying to impose our own religious beliefs and thoughts on your circumstances, the program doesn't include any of those references per se. That way it has the ability to meet the needs of all participants, regardless of their individual religious history or their training. So.
1: You know, you mentioned Janet, um, you know, the sense of, of being needed and uh, which is essentially a purpose in life. And I find so many people as they get older say, uh, you know, I don't know what my purpose is now and I need to be needed. And I think young people feel it. Maybe they just don't say it. They don't vocalize it the way we do. Um, so, do you find uh, the age you're in, uh, do you feel like that this is a special calling for you?
0: I, yes, and I, I think sometimes what we're called to do changes as you go along. I think for many years, my work in church music was a calling and a ministry that a way of helping translate the, the thoughts, the love, the feeling of God to, to many people. I'm not doing that, but I found a new way to share now. And so I I think sometimes things change as we grow, we have new experiences, we age. And uh, I I think that we all can find a way of helping make this a better world. And I think if we all did that, maybe we would finally get a better world.
1: Amen to that. You know, I keep thinking about, the story you told of uh, what happened in Germany and uh, everybody's saying, Danke. Does that mean thank you?
0: Yes, it does. That's <laughs> the German word for thank you.
1: <laughs> I, I thought so, but I wanted to be sure. So um, I, I just thank you, Danke. <laughs> and I wanted <laughs> to know if you have any final thoughts uh, before we sign off.
0: No, not really, except I've really enjoyed being able to share some of my work, both past and present with you, Patty, and I hope that maybe some of what I've said is helpful to those who hear it.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely sure it will be. I've learned a lot, I know. So Janet, it's been my pleasure to know you as a Christian sister, a friend, and if I can divulge someone who's actually helped me with the death of my mom in June of this year, I appreciate you sharing some of your story, and I know it will help others. Well,
0: thank you for having me, Patty.
1: So I'm Patty houston Holm. My conversation today has been with Janet Perini in the Midwestern state of Ohio within the United States. If you have a comment about this podcast or an idea for a future podcast on a story of transformation, send us an email at hopetalks at davidsucc.net. Be blessed.
0: Thank you for listening to this segment of Hope Talks. I hope you join us again. And please encourage others to listen and check out other David's United Church of Christ programs at davidsucc.net. It is our hope that your day is filled with hope.